Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. Are you one of the more than 65 million Americans right now who are putting yourself between a vulnerable loved one and even worse disaster? Are you the one that is driving them back and forth to doctor's offices, rehab centers? Are you the one that is back and forth to pharmaceutical companies, I mean, pharmacies and so forth? Are you the one that is staying up late at night doing lots of laundry and then getting up the next day and going to work and all the things that you do, plan meals, everything else, checking on folks? Are you the one that is having the late night conversation with the ceiling fan and weeping and nobody sees it? Well, guess what? God sees it and he knows it and he understands it. And there are things in his word that speak to you today as a caregiver. And that is the reason that we do this show and I am grateful to have you with us. Uh, this is, um, uh, we're also streaming live on Facebook, which I have no idea if it'll, it'll work. I, I do this every week. I, I, I get up on Saturday mornings and optimistically think that Facebook will spend time making it easier to live stream a video like this instead of censoring our beliefs and opinions and so forth, but evidently not. That is just all-consuming with them. So if you go to Hope for the Caregiver on our Facebook page and it works, you know, great. If it doesn't, you know, go out and post something that proclaims God's truth and see if they censor that. So anyway, that's enough of that nonsense. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you want to be a part of the show, we'd love to have you with us. I'm going to start off with, we, we do a hymn every week. For those of you just now joining the show, for the first time, you've, you've just happened to uh, flip the dial and we show up. And we get that a lot, by the way. We're used to that. Hey, I found you by accident. Yeah, I'm familiar with that phrase. But if you're just now tuning in and if you've never heard this show at all, what I like to do is I like to introduce a hymn, some type of hymn that, that we've grown up singing or maybe you've never heard before and introduce this to you, play it for you, see if you know it. And if you know it, I like to have folks call in and tell me why they know it, what it's about to them, how, how much it's meant to them. Uh, sometimes I get um, folks who have played the piano at church, and, and they, they recognize it, they played this hymn, and it means something to them. But I'm going to talk about why it connects to the family caregiver. And I, I think that we have missed a great opportunity uh, in our modern church. We've put... Uh, a bunch of songs up on the wall with the projector, but we're not going back into this tremendous resource of the hymnal and seeing what people before us wrote and what sustained them and so many others until about 1982. You know, and, and then ever, ever since then, we've just kind of gotten away from this. And I don't know uh, what it's going to take to help us get back to some of these things in these prayers. And that doesn't mean you can't put a, the, the, the lyrics of a hymn up on the wall. That's fine. But, but there's something about holding the hymnal and flipping through it and seeing these great, great songs that, that people before us who have gone through tremendous challenges and, and wrote great theology with it. And this is one of those today. So if you know this, uh, if you know this hymn, uh, feel free to call in. I'm going to step over here to the caregiver keyboard. All right, now I'm at the caregiver keyboard. All right, here we go. Ready? Oh, in all fairness, this hymn has been used, this tune has been used 
for many different hymns. There's one particular one that I'm looking for today, but I'll accept all of them. It, it's what's used for uh, the, the tune is called Heiferdahl, and it's a Welsh tune written by this fellow named uh, Roland Pritchard, and he wrote it when he was 19, I believe. So, But the, the text is what I'm looking for that goes with this. And um, there's several, but hopefully, hopefully you'll you'll connect with this one. particular hymn. Uh, the tune is called Heiferdahl, and I'm looking for a text, particular text. I'll even give you a hint. His name was Wilbur Chapman that wrote the lyrics, and he was a pastor, a well-educated man, and he wrote an amazing text for this that will mean something to us today as caregivers that we can hang on to. I was talking to two different guys this week, in this last week, both of them in their 80s, both of them taking care of their wives. And I introduced the concept of asking uh, them, uh, I asked them, I said, look, have you thought about bringing somebody in to help you? And the both of them gave the same response. I got it under control now. I'll bring it in. I'll bring somebody in when I don't have it under control. Oh, by the way, if you know that song, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. But these two guys uh, both said the same thing. Totally unrelated fellows. They don't even know each other, but I just happened to be talking to them. And they said, um, uh, you know, when, when it's out of my control, we'll bring it, we'll, I'll bring somebody in. Well, I asked a very simple question to each of them. And I said, what shape will you or your loved one be in at that point when, you're, when it's beyond your control? And they both gave the same response, which was silence. <laughs> they didn't have anything to say. They didn't know what to say. You know, and I got to tell you that many caregivers competently and admirably handle enormous challenges. I'm one of them. The issue, however is not how competent the caregiver is today. Okay? Caregiving takes a huge toll on us, physically, emotionally, fiscally, and spiritually. And the time to ask for help is not when we're overwhelmed, but to seek it in stages long before it gets to that point. If my 35 years now of caregiving has taught me anything, and this has been through a medical nightmare. It's that I needed help from day one. Now, I didn't always need full-time care, and that's not always the solution. 
but phasing in care, seeking counsel, attending support groups are all encouraged from the onset of caregiving, from day one. In addition, regular conversations with accountants, your own physician, and clergy are also critical to the well-being of the caregiver. You know, if we wait until it's beyond our control, I got to tell you, that's an illusion. It was never within our control. And those of you who are in this, in the, in the throes of this now, understand that it is not in your control. You have no control over this. So if you're waiting till it's beyond your control, quote unquote, before you start getting help, you are putting yourself and your loved one at risk. Today is the day to start asking for help. Today is the day. Now, again, it doesn't mean you got to go get 24/7 care. But it is critical for you as a caregiver to raise your hand and say, you know what, I need help. I need help. This is beyond me. It will only get more challenging. And from what I've seen, growing older is not an antidote to dealing with stress. (laughs) So that is our opening monologue today. We've got our hymn. We've got your calls, 888-589-8840, and so much more to talk about. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman with the American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, we're having a retreat this fall. In fact, October 3rd through the 6th, we're going to be gathering at the Purcell Farms, just about 45 minutes southeast of Birmingham, Alabama. It's in the mountains, and we're going to have a wonderful time, and we'd love for you to join us. Our speakers will be Sandy Rios, Abe Hamilton, Ray Pritchard, Bert Harper, I'm going to be there along with a lot of the AFA and AFR team. So it's going to be a wonderful time of refreshment and fellowship. And we're just going to have a lot of fun. There's so many great things to do there on the campus of the Purcell Farm. So if you'd like to join us for this very special retreat, just go to afaretreat.net. afaretreat.net. We've only got a few rooms left, in fact. afaretreat.net. And we hope to see you there this fall. Steve Russo with Real Answers. Everyone needs mercy. We all mess up and say foolish things or do something dumb. When that happens, we have to pay the consequences for our choices. Remember a time when you braced yourself for the worst, yet you were met with loving forgiveness instead? Do you remember how glad you were to be given another chance? Jesus doesn't want you to forget what it's like to receive mercy when you deserve condemnation. So when the shoe is on the other foot, when you're the one on the receiving end of the hurtful words or the offensive behavior, stop and think about mercy. But remember this, Jesus warned that you'll be treated with the same measure of mercy that you give to others. When you're willing to extend mercy to others, no matter how badly they've treated you, you're another step closer to being like Jesus. For more Real Answers, visit the Real Answers website, www.realanswers.com. Care if they come, you 
That is Keith Green, and uh, it is just a, a, an extraordinary body of work that he left us. And if you don't know who he is, please go out and take a, a moment to to investigate his music, his life, and um, and what he left us here on this planet to be able to hang on to. And what, he was he he didn't pull any punches. Do do you see? Do you see? And there's one line in that song that says, uh, "Jesus rose from the dead, and you you can't even get out of bed." <laughs> and I just, I mean, he didn't pull any punches. But that is a that's a great tune. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you want to be a part of the show, and we have. Uh, several callers we're going to get to here on the phone who want to weigh in on our song that we have today. And I, I do these things for a reason, all these hymns, because they have an enormous value to us right now as caregivers to hang on to in the moments when the bullets are flying and it's just all falling apart for us, something that grounds us in reality. So we're going to, uh, let's just go to Dan in West Virginia. Good morning, Dan. How are you feeling? Hello. How are you oh, feeling, I'm Dan? Fine. I'm, I'm fine, Peter. Thank you. How are you? You know, <clears throat> for the shape I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so. I listen, love the show. I listen to it often on Saturday mornings uh, and uh, just appreciate it very much. My, uh, my mother and father have both been in long-term care uh, for a couple of years, and uh, I, so I'm kind of a secondary caregiver, not a primary one, but uh, do have charge over their care and uh, mom passed away just about three months ago at 91 dad mm. is a hundred year old world war ii vet uh he still gets around about his walker and he's doing very well I, I could take him to church with me on many occasions uh and get him out sometimes just for for lunch and, and a little time to, to get him outside and uh he's a he's a joy in my life a real blessing and uh but yeah, there is a there is a toll of watching your parents go through the long term stuff, and so I appreciate that you try to build into us some encouragement along the way. Oh, by the way, the song is "Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, Come and Set Thy People Free." Is that the one you were looking for? Well, that that is one of the texts that they use. They use several with this, and that is one of them. And I'm willing to accept that. I don't have a ding button. I'm willing to accept that. I'm looking for <laughs> one other one. Uh, that's when I first started playing this tune, that's the tune that, I mean, that's the, the text that I learned, uh, my first time out. And then I started seeing all these other texts that had people, that people put through it. And I love that come that long expected Jesus. Um, and we used to sing that my dad's a Christian minister and we would sing that at Advent time, uh, at the, um, as, as we went into the Christmas season and I love that text and it, it's a good one and I will accept it today. But there's one more I'm looking for that applies where we are today as caregivers. And this is the one that is written by um, J. Wilbur Chapman. And he okay. was um, uh, an extraordinarily educated man. And um, he got his uh, doctorate in divinity, I think. And then he also got an LLD, uh, a doctorate in law um, from Heidelberg, I believe. And he was a very, very educated man. But he had a lot of sadness in his life as well, and he wrote this amazing text. So, but you listen, you uh, 
you nailed it on on come that long expected Jesus because that is a great hymn as well, and, um, and sometimes they take these hymns, uh, I mean these these wonderful tunes, and then they'll put several hymns with it, uh, several texts with it. I know that uh, Wesley and some of these others did that, but that is um, that that is a very acceptable answer today, Dan. <laughs> thank you, brother, so, and thank you very well, much well, for what you do. Well, thank you, and thank you for being a part of this. And you know what? When you next time you take your dad to church, I hope that they stand when he walks in, uh, because a hundred year old World War II veteran is is has earned that honor and and privilege and and for folks to be able to uh, pay respects to what he's accomplished in his life and that, that's an extraordinary thing a hundred years old and and that's uh, so I hope the church honors and respects him on that. They they love him. In fact, uh, when he comes to church, he's a rock star. Uh, everybody wants to talk to him, and uh, as and well they, they he should be. Him, give him a lot of yes, give him a lot of attention, and it, it makes him feel so good. Well, and 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 that is it is well deserved. So thank you for sharing that with us, and thank you for uh, just the, the 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 passion you have for for these hymns and and for this you know this ministry, you know, and uh, also are you writing down a lot of the things that your dad has to say? Is he still able to have those kinds of conversations? Actually, I have written down pretty much his life history, um, and he he shares it. Uh, he gives copies of it to people uh, at the care home and with whom he comes in contact. But but I, I worked on that for a period of about six months or seven months. And, and now as he's starting to lose some of his uh, memory, uh, it's really coming in handy. Uh, so yeah, good. yes. Thank you for that suggestion. I think that's, that's good. For well, there, all. In our culture that is trying to rewrite history, it's nice to hear it from those who were actually there. And yeah. so, yes. yeah, I, I would highly recommend as, as much as that as possible as so you can capture because what a what a gift! So thank you for for sharing all that with us today, Dan, and I do appreciate that. Okay. Okay. Go. Let's go to uh, Troy in Texas. Troy, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Well, how are you feeling today, Troy? I'm a little tired, but um, but otherwise doing well. Thank you very no, much. That, I, uh, that, Troy, I it's early you, in the morning. Why are you Why are you tired? Uh, well, you know, I'm not a caregiver, but I work with a lot of families that uh, either are caregivers or or need outside help. And so, you know, it's really kind of more of a, I'm going to call it an emotional strain than it certainly is both physical and emotional as a caregiver. Um, I mean, I've seen caregivers at work. My mom was my dad's caregiver for 33 years as a quadriplegic. So, hmm. Well, you, kind of you have... Yeah, you've seen it, and you've yeah. you've witnessed yeah, it. Yeah, I have. Yep, I have. Now, uh, and she learned to get help early. That was really, you know, uh, it's called a blessing at that point for her. It took a couple of years to kind of figure all that out. Yep. And and they were and they were both young. He was thirty nine, and so she would have made her thirty seven. So you know, so uh, physically a bit easier, if you will, for her. But still, that's a ton of work. But. Um, you know the work that I do, just getting to interface and help families. Uh, there's a you, you mentioned that common thread of uh, waiting too long to get help because you think you got it under control, and that, that's a that's a big big challenge I think to get past. It that. is, and and we're not going to listen 
to other people tell us that unless we're able, you know, that person's able to punch through the fog of caregivers and say it in a way that fellow caregivers will say, okay, maybe I need to pay attention because it's one thing for somebody else to say it. It's another thing for, you know, when I say it after 35 years of this, you know, it's, it's hopefully going to carry a little bit more weight to it. Say, this is, this is the way it is. You, you can't argue with this. Uh, my experience trumps your opinion. And uh, so, well, do you know the answer? Do you know what this hymn is? Do you know what I'm looking for? Well, the previous caller uh, used the same answer, so come that long, expected Jesus is what I recall it to be. But that's, uh, I don't have the other. Well, that's that's okay. It's still acceptable. That's still acceptable, <laughs> Troy. But but there's one more that I'm looking for that may not be quite as well known as folks, but it is such a great text. And we're going to continue on. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. And it's um, Jesus, what a help in sorrow. This is one of the verses. Jesus, what a help in sorrow, while the billows over me roll. Even when my heart is breaking, he, my comfort, helps my soul. And that's that's one of the ones I'm looking for. And um, so I'll give you a hint on that one. But, Troy, I do very much appreciate you calling. And thank you for your insights about this thing with your mom. Uh, And is your mom still living? Yes, she is. And your dad's still living? Dad is not. No, he passed away in 2014. How's your mom doing? Uh, She is doing uh, pretty well. Uh, It took her, you know, to get kind of back into a rhythm of, you know, not being a caregiver for 33 years. That's a big change. And so it probably took her a good two years to kind of find her new normal. Uh, And other than... Uh, other than COVID kind of protocols and the fear of that uh, kind of isolating her. Uh, she chose to do that. She didn't have to, but she did. Uh, I think kind of slowed down her, her progress, you know, uh, to really redeveloping kind of who she is and what her life is supposed to look like now. So, but she's working on it really well. And it's actually, she's got some really good friends in her neighborhood. Uh, hasn't connected to church as well as I would like to have seen her do that. But, and, you know, get them well, into a ministry, perhaps, and, or, or even let others serve her. Yeah. Well, it'll it'll take a while to kind of detox this out of her um, and for yeah. her to find, you know, kind of that, that solid ground, that lane that she can be in, and that's okay. And and and, and respect and, and tell her, say, look, you know, Mom, it's okay. Take as much time you need to respect the trauma of what's been done to you. Um, because yeah. when you take care of somebody with quadriplegia for 30-plus years, you you have to respect the toll that that took on her, and she has she has yeah. to respect it herself. I mean, you know, you, because it is a massive toll, and it may take her a little while to get solid footing underneath her. But that's you know that that's that's your opportunity then to just keep caring for her and loving her, and understand um, as she's you know trying to figure this out herself. But again, there is help, and let's not you, even after your your now that your father's gone. She can. She still needs help. She needs help to process a lot of these things, and um, right. and so it's that's gonna you know it's gonna take you have to ease her into that what that looks like for her. But uh, I appreciate you sharing her story with us, Troy, and I thank you for listening to the show and and calling in. And listen, pace yourself too. If you're tired early on Saturday morning, you're you're pushing yourself. So pace yourself and get some rest. All right. I appreciate that. All right, buddy. Appreciate the call. The, the point of all of this is for us to understand that, that what we go through as caregivers, 
is no easy thing. It, it, it takes a toll. And just because the loved one has passed away doesn't mean, well, okay, I just go live my life and, and I'm good. No, this thing takes a toll on you. And it's respecting the trauma. Respect the trauma that you're living with. Okay, this is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you know him or if you got something else you want to weigh in with, we'll be right back. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. Hello, I'm Don Hawkins, here to tell you about Encouragement Live, 55 minutes of industrial strength radio encouragement featuring resourceful guests, plus practical biblical insights to help you face life's challenges. We'll be taking your phone calls, so plan to join us for Encouragement Live, Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central, 8.05 p.m. Eastern, here on American Family Radio. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. Supreme Court justices have one sworn duty to defend the Constitution and protect the rights enumerated therein. Chief amongst those rights is religious liberty. Yet by recently refusing to hear the case of Christian florist Baronel Stutzman, so-called conservative justices Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh have betrayed their duty in the American people. Baronel Stutzman, whose faith prevented her from participating in a gay wedding, was charged and convicted of discrimination. With Four votes required to bring an issue before the court. Justices Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch voted to hear the case, but with their refusal, Barrett and Kavanaugh let the conviction of Baronel stand. This sets a chilling precedent for the future of religious liberty in our nation. One thing is clear, Baronel will not be the last to face persecution for exercising her religious liberty. When the time comes, where will you stand? This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's Gary Chapman, Treasure. And I love that song. It is, uh, I remember the first time I heard him perform it. And uh, it, was, it was just an extraordinary moment. And I, I fell in love with that song almost, almost 40 years ago, a uh, long time ago. And it was just, uh, and I've, I've, I've loved it ever since. So I'm gra- grateful that that's in the, the bumper lineup here at the show. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver, and we are so glad that you are here. Uh, we've got uh, several folks waiting in to say they know the song, uh, but first I want to go to um, uh, Terry in South Carolina. Terry, 
Good morning. How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I am a new caregiver, less than a year now. Um, my wife was uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Uh, early onset, we were both uh, pretty young, uh, mid-60s. Um, That's getting younger every I, day, by the way, Terry. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, it was quite a shock, but things have progressed rather quickly over the last uh, 10 months since uh, a major episode occurred last fall. But um, my what I'm looking for is a resource. I, I'm part of the Alzheimer's Association. I attend support groups. Um, what I'm looking for is how to find, like, a caregiver that would possibly want to live in the home, um, but... You just don't want anybody. You don't want somebody who's going to be a slacker. You want somebody who's going to be a friend. We, we have a very, we have a good size home uh, buried in 25 acres of forest, so nobody receives us. Um, do you guys have resources or have contacts of people that I would? Well, no, I, there's, there's too big of a, a net to be able to pull from, so I wouldn't be able to uh, aggregate all that information. I would, by the way, where, whereabouts in South Carolina? I'm from, I'm from South Carolina. Where are you, what, what part of South Carolina are you living in? The upstate area, uh, Spartanburg, Greenville area. I was born and raised in Anderson. And uh, my folks, my folks still live there. That's a great area of the country. I I tell you what I would recommend starting with is, is finding a good service first because they're responsible for weeding out folks that, you know, you want to get the right person. And if you get, if you hire the wrong person and they come into your home and then you got to get them out of your home, um, it would, to, to me, it would make more sense to find a service that already does all your background checks, all that kind of stuff, so you don't have to. And start with that before you start bringing someone into your home because extricating them from your home may be a bit of a challenge if it's the wrong match. And uh, so I, I, I think you'd start with that and then maybe even work with a service um, a, a separate service to do some background check on somebody and give yourself time to find that right person. You're, it's going to take some time to find somebody you would want to bring into your home to live there. You you really need to filter that person out strongly because, you know, they're going to promise you the moon when they, they first show up in the first couple of weeks, it'll be great. Then after a while you realize that, Oh man, I'm stuck with this. And then you got to, then you got a victim and that can become right. a sticky wicket and you don't need that nightmare. I would I would highly recommend finding a reputable service, a home care service that does this, and then that's their responsibility to weed those people out, and you don't have to deal with that kind of drama. It may cost you a little bit more, but, you know, what is the, the old saying that if, you know, you think it's expensive hiring a professional, try hiring an amateur. And it, it just, you just don't want that drama. Uh, you, you don't know who you're going to bring into your home that way, and it would be better if you had a third-party service that can make sure that they've had proper background checks, drug screenings. They've vetted them. They've, they're responsible for moving them out. If they show up, if they call in sick and they live in your home, then what are you going to do? You know. Yeah. So those are those well, we are things you have, want to give some. Yeah, we have used some services, but the <laughs> my wife 
absolutely love this last caregiver that we have. And she was with us for two weeks and got in a horrible car accident two nights ago and is hospitalized and may not be back for another three months. We just don't know. So now we're back to square one. And this person didn't live with us, but, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what are my options as a caregiver that will, you know, that I can bring somebody in. It'll be a friend to my wife that, you know, I'm just trying to find the right match. And Well, I think the the fact that what you've been through with this most recent one with the car wreck drives my point home, because if that person had lived with you, then you would have somebody who was recuperating from a car wreck living at your home and you would still need a caregiver. Yes. You tra- you track it with me? So yes. that that's the kind of thing you want to avoid if at all possible. And hiring a service, it like I said, it may stretch you a little bit financially, but imagine the, the how you'd be stretched right now if you had somebody recuperating however much you liked them if they were recuperating recuperating at your home and now you have a wife with Alzheimer's and somebody who's recuperating for three months from a car wreck, you don't need that drama in your life. You just don't. And so the service, working with the service who can, that's their job is to find the qualified workers and to make sure, and then you meet with them regularly until you get into a good rhythm to make sure that this is a good match. Uh, because here's the deal, Terry. I mean, this, that you and I both know this. This is, this is not going to get easier for you, okay? Right. So you're assembling your team right now for what's coming. And you've got X amount of time to prepare for that, to get your home, to get your setup, your, your team around you. Because right now, you're, you're, you're functioning. You're doing okay. But this is only going to get more challenging. And the sooner you have a solid team around you, the better that you're going to be able to navigate those choppy waters when you get to them, because there's some, there's some rough rapids coming your way. Get that team together and having a, 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 some professionals in there, as opposed to you trying to somehow figure this out yourself, is going to make your life a lot easier. Yeah, I can sure, I, I see the wisdom in that. You know, it's like, um, well, you know, where you know, where um, <laughs> wisdom comes from, you know, good judgment, good judgment comes from experience. Experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> and yeah. you were talking to a guy who's made a lot of bad judgment calls. And I've, I've gone out there and tried to find somebody, brought some people into my home to help with my wife over the years. And then that was just, you know, I, I had some successes and I had some dismal failures. And, and ultimately when I went to a service, uh, that came in and I worked with them, I found the value of this. And there's a, um, there's a wonderful service in, in, in um, Nashville that I, that I were great friends with and they have resources on their, uh, their website. Now they're not going to be able to serve people in your area, but they, they got resources they put out there on their, on their website of just stuff you can read and, you know, educate yourself on. And that's caregivers by whole care, caregivers by whole care in Nashville, Tennessee, yeah, they're not they're not in your area. It's a local company, but I, I was so the the lady that owns that runs it as a as a nurse, and I've been friends with them for a very long time. And they have a a wealth of information that you can just educate yourself with on what you're looking for. Help you drill this thing down so that you find that right partner. And 
try not to contract with anyone else in your area that doesn't bring the level of what they do at this company I just sent you to. Just look and see what they offer and then try to find something that's similar to that in your area uh, because I think they're a gold standard for it. And that's so caregivers it, by Whole Care, W-H-O-L-E? Yeah, yeah. Okay. W-H-O-L-E, and they are in um, Nashville, Tennessee. So um, when we lived in Nashville, I've, I've been friends with those folks for a long time, and and they helped me through some very difficult times. And I, I, I think, but but I've watched how they set up their structure. They're not a fly-by-night. There's a lot of companies out there that are you know, throwing business models together pretty quick for this big need. And you don't want that. You really want to have people that got, that have some seasoning to them that have thought through these things. And they've looked at all the contingencies that you haven't. And they've looked at all the, right. the things that you have not done. And so, and this applies across the board, not just dealing with Alzheimer's, dealing with special needs, children, whatever it's across the board. Um, but, but you know, yeah, financially it may stretch you a bit, but, in the long run, it's a better investment in you and in, in your wife as well. So, well, we uh, have LTC helps. insurance, and that has helped considerably. We have a very good LTC policy, so that will take us many years into this. That that is indeed a great blessing to have. So, but use that wisely. Use it very wisely. Do your due diligence. Seek out people that are doing this and have been doing it for a while. What are they doing right? How does that work for your family? And really try to avoid bringing someone into your home until you have vetted them uh, like they were auditioning. I mean, you know, they were applying to be on the National Security Council kind of thing. Okay? Right. Vet, right. vet, vet. I mean, that's that's the, that's okay. the key. Uh, and the the point is you're doing this now and not doing it a place of desperation. This is the whole point of the show today of the, of the, when we started off, because if you start, if you say, I'll wait till this gets out of my control, well, then you're scrambling. Don't scramble plan, you know, and, and start stri- uh, strategically thinking ahead. That's how you do it. If you wait to the last moment and you're freaking out, you're liable to get somebody in there and then it'll end up being a disaster for you. How do I know this? Well, I've done that. <laughs> so take my advice. I'm not using it. No, I've, I've done this. And, and, and so it's, it's super important that you spend the time on the front end vetting this, this person out, whoever, or people out. There may be more than one because if somebody gets sick, calls in sick, your wife's Alzheimer's not going to take a sick day. Okay? Right. So you gotta have you got to have backups for your backups when this thing starts getting into, into some steam under it. So um, I appreciate the call. I hope that uh, – does that track with you, Terry? It does. It does. You know, and like I said, we're early on to this, but, it, you know, I'm trying just to find the right mix. So, but thank you so much. You are quite welcome, and I appreciate very much the call. appreciate you listening. It's always good to talk to South Carolina folks. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. We are glad that you are with us. We're going to take more of your calls when we come back. We still haven't identified the song. I bet you we will in this next segment. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Peter Rosenberger. Have you ever helped somebody walk for the first time? 
I've had that privilege many times through our organization, Standing with Hope. When my wife, Gracie, gave up both of her legs following this horrible wreck that she had as a teenager, and she tried to save them for years, and it just wouldn't work out, and finally she relinquished them and thought, wow, this is it. I mean, I don't have any legs anymore. What can God do with that? And then she had this vision for using prosthetic limbs as a means of sharing the gospel, to put legs on her fellow amputees. And that's what we've been doing now since 2005 with Standing With Hope. We work in the West African country of Ghana, and you can be a part of that through supplies, through supporting team members, through supporting the work that we're doing over there. You could designate a limb. There's all kinds of ways that you could be a part of giving the gift that keeps on walking at standingwithhope.com. Would you take a moment to go out to standingwithhope.com and see how you can give they go walking and leaping and praising God. You can be a part of that at standingwithhope.com. Hi, I'm John Sorensen, president of Evangelism Explosion, and this is Share Life Today on American Family Radio. In the country of Mexico, Christians are being taught in their local churches how to share their faith, and this isn't only impacting their lives, but also their families and friends' eternal destinations. You see, when you learn how to share your faith clearly, you have opportunities that the Holy Spirit gives you to speak with those around you. This is exactly what happened in Andre's life. After being equipped and discipled in how he could share the gospel, he visited home. His grandma and his aunt came to eat with him and his family, and he pulled out his guitar and began to play praise music. Well, they happily sang along. At the end, Andre asked them what they thought about Jesus saying in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, they wanted to know what he meant, and so he shared the gospel with them. In the end, they both made decisions to accept Jesus into their hearts. Hear more stories like that at sharelife.today. Back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. How are you doing? How are you holding up? Here's the joy of the Lord, your strength. That is Gracie, my wife, with Russ Taff. And we are glad to have you with this little quick programming note on some things, a couple things. You can go out to our website, hopeforthecaregiver.com, hopeforthecaregiver.com, and you can see uh, from our podcast we we put out not only this show, but we have other in, in, uh, interviews that we do and, and various things we put out. And I just did a recent interview with um, Kathy Lee Gifford that I think you'll find very, very moving. And also with Johnny Erickson Tata and um, another one with um, William Golden of the Oak Ridge Boys. Uh, just some wonderful interviews, uh, people that are sharing from their hearts. And I, I hope you'll take advantage of that and go out and listen to it. And while you're there, you'll see a donate button. Would you get involved in what we're doing here? And there's two two things specifically I want to ask you about. Uh, you've heard our story. You've heard Gracie's story. You've heard what we do with our prosthetic limbs. Uh, we got a young girl named Dorcas. Let me tell you about Dorcas. I met her when she was five years old. She is a Symes amputee. Uh, Gracie, for those who don't know, my wife is a double amputee. And when she lost her leg, she wanted to do something that would reflect what God was doing in her life, and she wanted to provide quality prosthetic limbs as a way of sharing the gospel. And so we, we've been doing that in Ghana since 2005. And uh, Dorcas, we met her a couple of years after we'd been there. We take teams over there and we send supplies regularly and so forth. And she's a Symes amputee. That means when she, she was little, a scorpion bit her foot and they took off the foot but left the heel. That's what a Symes is. 
and it's very difficult to fit. You got to have special, you know, things that you do with it to make it fit. And when we first saw her, it was, I mean, it was dangerous. Some, she had gotten a hold of a leg somewhere that somebody had provided, but it was, it was, she wasn't fitting in it properly. And it was, I mean, I'm surprised it didn't snap her leg. And we've been treating her ever since as she's grown up and now she's 20 and, and just a, a beautiful young lady. And, but we, we, we're working with her right now to get uh, this week. Um, Joseph Thompson, a, a wonderful young prosthetist over in Ghana that we've worked with for many years, uh, has been treating her this week. And you can be a part of helping sponsor that leg for her if you if you wish. Uh, she, you know, as you grow, you need more legs, and she'll always need different things for it. And just just a beautiful young lady. We did our first patient in Kenya. We've been working in God all this time. We've had patients come to the clinic there from Nigeria and other places, but it's uh, this is the time we had a patient in Kenya, and we worked with a prosthetic outfit in Kenya uh, to help a man named Godfrey, and you can see his story out there as well, and this is just all in the last 10 days. Godfrey, uh, his wife passed away in February 2020, then he lost his leg in May of 2020, so it's been a, it was a tough year for him, for a lot of people, and, and Godfrey had a particularly tough year, and we're putting an above-knee leg on him. And you can be a part of that as well. If you like what you're hearing on the show, you can help sponsor this, sh- this, this show. We can go get on more um, radio stations and so forth. But we would we, we ask for your help. This is an amazing work that's going on. Our, our mission at, at Standing With Hope is for the wounded and those who care for them. Uh, we have a shipment that is leaving that we've already got everything, the bill of lading, everything. It's ready to go. It's being picked up um, of prosthetic supplies that come from a prison in Arizona run by an outfit out of Tennessee. This is a company called Core Civic that runs these. They have a lot of faith, faith-based faith programs. And this is one of them, our, our ministry, Standing With Hope. And inmates disassemble the legs that come in from all over the country, use prosthetic limbs, and we can recycle the foot, the knee, the pylon, the screws, the adapters, all that kind of stuff. And that's all heading over to uh, West Africa. And so it's, it's, it's an extraordinary work launched when Gracie said, you know what, I want to do, I want something positive to happen out of all this stuff that has happened to me. And I, I want to use what I have to, to equip others to literally stand with hope. And that's what we're doing. And you could be a part of that today. So go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com, look at all the resources we have, and then get involved today at whatever, whatever's on your heart, just get involved today and help us do it more and, and help us do it uh, more effectively. So thank you so much for that. Let's go to um, Sheila in Arkansas, who says she knows the song. And so, Sheila, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Do you know the um, hymn? Looking, Jesus, lover of my soul. Uh, Jesus, lover of my soul, not quite. It's close, very close. But not quite. And if you don't, okay. for those who just now joined, we, we do a hymn each week. Do it. And this one is a little bit different. I, I, Jesus, lover of myself may have been put to this. A lot of people have used this, but that's not the one I'm looking for today. But but you're close. Oh, you're so close, Sheila. And uh, I appreciate there you go. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Uh, hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the end. Jesus, what a strength in weakness. 
Let me hide myself in him, tempted, tried, and sometimes failing. He, my, uh, my strength, my victory wins. And this is, um, this is the verse that I was looking for. It's, uh, it's actually the, 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 uh, the, the first verse is, Jesus, what a friend for sinners, Jesus, lover of my soul. That was, uh-huh. You had the text in there, but it was, Jesus, what a friend for sinner. And, uh, but the, the verse that I love right here, um, listen to this. Jesus, what a help in sorrow while the billows over me roll. Even when my heart is breaking, he, my comfort, keeps, helps my soul. And then listen to verse four. Jesus, what a guide and keeper while the tempest still is high. Storms about me, night overtakes me. He, my pilot, hears my cry. Isn't that a great text? Oh, it is beautiful. I just, I love this. I love this hymn and I love playing it. Now I do put in some chords in it that are uh, probably not what uh, the hymn writer wrote for the, for this when he originally penned it. The guy was only 19 years old when he wrote it, but I, I doubt very seriously he was adding that flat nine chord. But I love this hymn and, uh, so Sheila, way to go, way to go, Sheila. I want to. I've got a couple more folks that are weighing in on it, and I want to give them an opportunity to just talk about this hymn. But that is a great hymn for us as caregivers. Jesus, what a friend for sinners! Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole. How about that, Sheila? That's beautiful. Thank you so much for I'm calling. Thinking. And and you know what? Thank you so much for getting this. I, and I appreciate that. I want to I will squeeze in these last couple of calls if you don't mind. And I thank oh, no. you very much for calling. You're welcome, God. Thank you very much, Sheila. Geneva in Kansas. Geneva, did you know this tune? Geneva in Kansas. Geneva, are you with us? Yes, yes, I am. I'm here. Did you know that? Did you know that hymn? God bless you. Yes, the the title I had for it uh, was "Our Great Savior." That that is the title that people use for it, "Our Great Savior." But it's uh-huh. um, but and the it, chorus is "Hallelujah, what a Savior!" Hallelujah, what a, what a Savior! Yes, I've known it in that too. Um, that's such a beautiful, comforting, ministering hymn, and uh, I just came through uh, with. Uh, about 10 years working with my husband who has Alzheimer's and it started when we were in our eighties and I'm 94 now and he just went to be with the Lord and what a joy that was. But I was able to take God enabled me to take care of him all these years. And he had prepared me earlier. It seemed like I was always caretaking somebody, but he was always there for me. But this song is such a blessing. It is. And, and you know um, the the fellow that wrote it, uh, the lyrics, these lyrics, uh, J. Wilbur Chapman, Doctor Chapman. Uh, yes, that's... he he got married. They had a little girl, and then four years after their their little girl was born, his wife died. Uh, a couple years later, he remarried again, and then this wife died. So he he wrote this out of out of some experiential difficulties where he was trusting God with some very painful realities. And mm-hmm. so when you hear that that text. Jesus, what a help in sorrow, while the billows yes. over, over me roll. Even when my heart is breaking, he, my comfort, helps my soul. Now, you think about this man who wrote this, had to bury, he had to bury two wives and, and raise children by himself and, and so forth. So it was a very difficult time for him, and yet this is what he wrote. 
And this is why I want to push people back to the hymnal as much as possible so that they can oh, um, yes. hang on to these great texts that were written by people Wonderful. who have gone through brutal realities. So, well, Geneva, thank Peter. you for getting that. And well, you are a, you are a treasure yourself. And I thank you for at 94 <laughs> years old. That, that is, and God has kept me going and still has something more for me to do. And here I am, but I'm on my own doing, and I've had blessings come into my life. He is so faithful. He is so he faithful. Is and these hymns are such a source of joy, and uh, you are. And well, thank uh, you. I just am amazed. Well, God bless well, you. We love you. God bless you too, Geneva. I'm gonna thank you. I'm gonna jump real quick and try to squeeze in one more call with Katie in West Virginia. Katie, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm good, thank you. Yes, I knew the name of the song. Yes, our great savior. Yes. Our great savior. Hallelujah, what a savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. That's right. That's right. And I think about the verse in Corinthians how Paul wrote that he could comfort others with the suffering that he had and, um, and how great that is that that man could do that. I did not know the backstory and what a blessing it is that he took his sorrow and, you know, was able to help others with that. Well, as Paul says in Corinthians, we comfort one another with the same comfort that we ourselves have received from the God of all comfort. And that's That's what that verse right there means. Jesus, what a help in sorrow while the billows over me roll. Even when my heart is breaking, he, my comfort, helps my soul. And because J. Wilbur Chapman put that down on pencil with pencil and paper, it's, it's sustained uncounted millions with just that text. And uh, Katie, I'm one of those, and Katie, evidently you are as well. And it means a lot that you took the time to call the show and get that, get that song. We are out of time. We've got to go. And we thank you very much. Go to HopeForTheCaregiver.com for more. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.